Welcome to the Less Matters podcast. This is a podcast not just for those people interested in large-scale Scrum, oh no. This is a podcast for anybody who wants to know how to make single or multi-team agile work in any product-led or project-driven organisation. I'm Ben Maynard. And with over a decade of experience leading Agile in organisations both huge and small, I am uniquely placed to interview some of the best and brightest minds on topics that will help you be the best Agile practitioner you could possibly hope to be. And it's Ben Maynard again. This time around, I want to talk to you about technical products. And I don't mean bona fide technical products. I'm talking about organisations that are specialising in the technical domain and building their backlogs around technical components when they could be building around customer problems. Now, before we begin, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or any other podcast platform of your choice. How many times in a Scrum or Agile environment have you come across teams working on a technical product? or perhaps even a uh, specialist component, or just undertaking technical tasks that have no real tie-back to the problem that is being solved for the customer. In my opinion, these situations suck. They suck for the customers and they suck for the teams because we never begin to see the whole picture. And teams don't get to understand how what they're doing really contributes to a problem that's being solved. And this is what I want to talk to you about in this video. Now, why do these situations come about? In my opinion, and from my observation, it's because people tend to misunderstand Scrum or just get sold the wrong thing. It's really simple, and we see this not just in Scrum, but in other approaches as well. But when you look at what's down in a guide, what you get taught on a course, and when you look at your organisation, and don't get me wrong, I've, I've been in organisations, and I've been this person at times, and you look at that and you say, okay, well, do you know what? This Scrum thing seems kind of easy. We can just keep the teams roughly as they are. I mean, they're all specialists. We've hired specialists doing doing great job on their specialist little silo. And we'll just give them a Scrum master, give them a product owner. Brilliant. Jobs are good. And boom, we're using Scrum. Everyone should be happy, right? I mean, isn't that what Scrum's about? The problem when we take this approach is that we miss some of the fundamental points of Scrum, which is the idea of having a single product backlog and the things that this single product backlog then create for our teams and our customers and the stakeholders in the organisation. That situation I described where we're just copying and pasting Scrum teams, where we're looking at our organisation and we're not changing it, we're just getting the different pieces of it using Scrum. What this doesn't do is reduce some of the waste that is present for coordinating and synchronising. What it leads to, in fact, what it does by definition is it creates team-level product ownership. And this team-level product ownership sends us off in small, perhaps over sometimes wrong directions. And one of the main things about team-level product ownership is that as a team-level product owner, and I have been the team-level product owner... There isn't a huge amount of things I can do. I can't really do macro level prioritization. I will end up doing other things. I mean, there's only so much time I can spend kind of prioritizing a, a small silo backlog. So perhaps I will do some refinement for the team. Perhaps I will take on some project management activities if the if the scrum master isn't doing it. Okay, obviously that's what scrum masters are there for. Perhaps we'll uh, more on that in another video. So 
team level product ownership in this copy and paste scrum model means the product owner ends up doing stuff that really perhaps the team should be doing or perhaps we shouldn't be doing at all. And I'm not blaming the people here. I'm blaming our general lack of understanding and usage of Scrum. So what's the solution? Well, we want teams to be high-performing. I mean, I don't think anyone's ever turned around and said, oh, but what we'd really like in our organisation is for teams to be really slow, quite unhappy, and, uh, yeah, just not productive at all. Uh, reminds me of the film The Producers. You know, trying to put a show on on Broadway, which will fail, and doing it on purpose. Unfortunately, it becomes a resounding success. I don't think that really works when we're talking about teams delivering a complex product. So if you want to give our teams the best opportunity here, it's worth looking at some of the research that has been done around teams and around teams' proximity to customers. Research by Price and Toy in their book, Accelerating Performance, on a sample of 1,000-ish teams showed that those that had close proximity to the customer got better quicker. Let's think about that. Those teams that got to speak to the customer, see the customer, understood the customer problem, got feedback on how useful the solutions were that they were creating, those teams got better quicker than their counterparts. But if we're working on an environment where we've copy and pasted Scrum, where we've got teams working on technical siloed components, we've got product backlogs and product owners that have technical products or specialist components or just working on technical tasks, the opportunities for those teams to engage with the customer and understand their problem and then do work which actually creates a solution for them is hugely limited. So what we can do is let's not have teams or let's minimise the work that teams are doing at that technical component level. Let's not have technical products. Let's take some of these technical backlogs that we have and let's keep some of our brilliant team of product owners who are probably doing good work around helping the teams undertake refinement, have got good stakeholder relationships. Let's keep them, absolutely. I'm not saying we should get rid of them. But let's collapse some of these backlogs together. Let's understand all the problems that the customer has. Let's understand what features we are proposing to solve those problems. Let's rearrange the teams. Let's perhaps do a team self-design event. And let's let teams own the problem. Let's let teams own the features. Let's let teams speak to the customers. Let's give them the opportunity to get better. And we do all of this by changing the way that we view the product, by reducing the number of backlogs, by going back to what Scrum said, which was the product owner being responsible for return on investment, not a technical product, not something we're giving to another team, but actual return on investment coming in from the market, the customers, money coming in. Let's let them have that and let's let each team be able to follow the money. Let's have them work on whole features. And most importantly for me, the thing that gives me joy when this works is seeing teams get the credit for the great work that they do. Developers, teams generally, they don't really like Agile, I don't think. And I understand that, absolutely. But I hope that most of the teams that I've worked with in my career of 10 years or so, when they've got to spend time with the customers, when they've got to solve real customer problems, they get satisfaction from it. They get better. And it's seeing people get that joy, get that feedback. That's what gives me joy. And that's what feature teams will enable. And that's what reducing the number of backlogs enables too. 
Now, if you care about this topic as much as I do, and this is a, a school of thought that you're interested in, I would really recommend checking out my Dreams of Feature Teams interview with the wonderful Jefferson Cowhig uh, from a couple of years ago. Uh, the link will pop up around here somewhere. It's a brilliant video. It's me and Jeff really talking in depth about feature teams and their feasibility in large organisations. There's also another video I have talking about who are the most important people when it comes to scaling Agile. This is a must watch for anyone interested in this topic. And if you like these videos, do remember to hit subscribe so you're notified of when new videos come out. It also helps YouTube know that you like this kind of stuff and you'll get more good videos coming up, not just from me, but some, some of my peers out there as well. Thank you, awesome person, for making it to the end of the episode. It's brilliant when people stick around to the end. So a personal thanks from me. Now, whilst you've got some time to kill, why don't you head over to the Sheev website, www.sheev.co.uk, that's S-H-E-E-V, to check out all of our courses and mentoring circles that we're just in the process of launching. We love engaging with people and helping accelerate careers in the agile world. So head over to the website, see what you think, and we look forward to seeing you on a course or a mentoring circle soon.